You're listening to South Florida's Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. Tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. for Team Martech, local professionals serving our community. Listen to a financial advisor, local attorney, independent insurance agent, mortgage broker, realtor, and certified public accountant. They discuss issues and answer questions of interest to you. That's Team Martech, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. on WCNO. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. The teachers of the East would begin to teach people by asking questions. And that's why Jesus in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus literally spent his time teaching by asking questions. Everywhere he went, he was asking questions. There's 161 times in the four Gospels that Jesus was going around and he would ask questions. And you have to say, why did the man who knew everything constantly go around asking questions? Why did the man who had a relationship with our Father in heaven, why did the man that walked by revelation, that walked in power, have to ask questions about everything? Come on, amen. He looked at his disciples one day and he said, who do men say that I am? What's up with that? Come on, huh? He went to a blind man, to a blind man, and he said, what would you like me to do for you? Well, the answer is kind of obvious if you're blind. Huh? Come on, somebody, amen. But Jesus was looking for something in him. It wasn't, he knew the guy needed to be healed, amen. And he was actually helping the blind man locate his heart by asking him the question. They came to trap him with questions one time over money, and he said, well, whose face is on it? They just put the argument right out with one question. Well, whose face is on the money? Why? Because he understood by asking questions, he was leading his students on a pathway to self-discovery. Self-discovery, self-revelation, getting a download. See, when Peter got the revelation of who Jesus was, nobody could take it from him. Because it, he discovered the truth for himself. It wasn't somebody trying to tell him how it was. The truth is, is that we have an automatic default switch on the inside of us that when somebody tries to tell us something, we have to argue within our own self to believe them because we don't never want to be wrong. Now listen to me. We cannot approach Christians as if, as if they had the chance they're going to sin or they would like to sin. Huh? Can we just be honest today? Hmm? I grew up in a Pentecostal church where I felt like they preached you, preached to you thinking if you had the chance, then you're going to go ahead and sin. Every sermon seemed like it was focused around whether or not I was going to be able to overcome sin when I had the opportunity to sin. Huh? So everybody that I grew up around was preaching, don't sin. Don't do it. Don't you sin, boy. Don't you do it. If you do, you're going to burn. Did anybody grow up in a church like that? It's called terrorist preaching. And what we got in church is we got a lot of preaching on behavior modification that put up barriers and put up boundaries in our life so, so I wouldn't do what I shouldn't do. And so I would do what I was supposed to do. 
Because I had all these barriers and these boundaries. But the truth is, is if I believe, if I believe that when you have the opportunity to sin, you're going to jump at the chance when you get to have the chance, then you really have no confidence in the conversion that took place in your life. You have no confidence in the power of God to change you from the inside out. Amen? And I don't mean we fail because how many know you fall? We fall. If you stand up, you're bound to fall once in a while. Amen? But the scripture says, he who says he has no sin deceives himself, and the truth is not in him. I mean, I'd rather have truth in me. Come on, help me. Come on, amen. Hmm? The truth is, is I'm not the guy in your life telling you that you shouldn't be doing something, carrying around a bunch of religious do's and don'ts. That's not what my job is. That's not, what the, that's not the picture that Jesus gave us this morning, amen. And now that you're a Christian, you have to live a certain way and do a certain thing. Come on. God's not putting handcuffs on us to teach us how to behave. Y'all ain't trying to help me no more. Amen. Listen, your behavior will never be good enough to be a Christian. Because being a Christian has really nothing to do with your behavior. Being a Christian has everything to do with what Jesus did on the cross. Your behavior changes because you fall in love with the guy that, held, that was hung on the cross. Hmm? Jesus said, I'm not putting no yoke on you. I'm not putting no handcuffs on you. It took the church to come up with that. You better behave. You better dress a certain way. You ain't allowed to go to PG-13 movies that have blood and violence, but you can go to PG-13 movies that have some cussing as long as it ain't the F word. If you get in that, then you're okay. <laughs> uh, not in this house. Uh, if you want to go throw your way, money away on a bunch of garbage that's not going to lead you into a place of prosperity, that's up to you. Come on. And here's the deal. Y'all ain't going like this, but this is the truth. If you have, call yourself a Christian and you consistently live in sin all the time, then the question has to be asked, did you really get converted? Did you have conversion? Come on, somebody. Amen. Hmm? You might have been in church all your life, but if your desire is to constantly sin and not be truthful, then the, the truth is you probably haven't really been born again. You really need to have a conversion. You really need to let the power of God take over your life and let him rule and reign in your life and see what he can do in you. Amen. Now, you ain't got to shout me down, but that's the truth. Hmm? So how many know this morning Jesus was the greatest teacher in history? He was the greatest rabbi ever known. Even Nicodemus. Nicodemus was famous for being one of the greatest teachers in all of Jerusalem, one of the greatest teachers in the synagogue, and one of the greatest leaders of the city. And he came to Jesus and he said, Rabbi, we ain't never seen a teacher like you before. Woo! We ain't never encountered anybody like you before. I've been around here for years and nobody teaches like you do and nobody does the stuff you do. I mean, I, Jesus, I ain't never seen nobody dump over no tables in the church. And you do it with authority and power. Jesus, yeah, you, you really upset the religious people. I ain't never to see nobody teach like you. Jesus was the greatest teacher ever known in the history of the world. He was a teacher and a preacher. Somebody said we got to have them both. Mm? We need teaching and we need preaching. Mm? That's why most of you in here that don't come on Wednesday night, let me help you. Come on Wednesday night. Because you will get what you need for the week. It takes preaching and teaching to enter into the kingdom. Hmm? So he was the greatest teacher ever known to mankind. We agree, right? Greatest teacher ever. Eh? Greatest teacher. And Jesus found his 12 guys, his 12 students, his 12 disciples, and they followed him because he was a great rabbi, a great teacher. Huh? 
He was such a great teacher that grown men walked away from their businesses and followed him. They walked away from their families. They walked away from their jobs to come find out what he was teaching about. Jesus not only got them to come a couple hours a week on Sunday, he got them to walk away from everything and follow him all over the countryside, up and down mountains, through boats, and through the marketplaces. They just followed him everywhere. Everywhere Jesus went, they went. He'd just stop every couple miles and sit on the side of a rock or on the side of a hill or down by the beach or slip out on a little boat where people gather around. He'd teach. And people were amazed. The miracles would happen. They followed him. And it's interesting to me that as they followed him and they learned of him, they could have asked him for anything. They could have come to Jesus and said, Jesus, you, we believe you. You are the Messiah. We can ask you for anything. They had, scripture told us, that, Scripture teaches us that they could have asked him of anything they wanted and he would have given it to them. But as far as we can tell in Scripture, the one thing they asked of all the things they could have ever asked was this, Jesus, teach us how to pray. We want to know how to pray. They didn't say, Jesus, teach us how you do miracles. Jesus, teach us how to raise it. How do we do that? They didn't ask that. Jesus, how do you heal leprosy? We want to know how to heal leprosy. That's not what they asked. And they said, Jesus... If there's one thing we can ask you, is teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. Because when we watch your prayer life and when we watch you, there's something about the way you pray, Jesus, that's different than the way we pray. There's something about the way you connect to heaven that we don't know how to connect that way. There's the first one I want to give you. Number one, he said, if you're really going to get into the spirit of prayer, first thing you're going to have to do is quit being phony. The first, come on. The first thing you have to do is quit being phony. He said, when you pray, don't pray to be seen of men. Don't just come out and broadcast everywhere. He said, enter into your secret place. Hmm? Don't, don't just think you're going to be heard because you have much repetition. Hmm? In other words, it's not how many times you say it, it's what you believe when you say it. Come on, huh? Hmm? If you don't have any confidence in what you say when you say it one time, please, they don't make no sense to say it 15 more times. Jesus, heal me, 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 oh God, heal me. Hmm. Come on, huh? Here's what he said. He said, when you pray, pray this way. Here's the second one I'm going to give you. The, he said this. As I want you to understand the person that you're praying to. Pray this way. You're not praying to an inanimate object. You're not praying to a higher power. You're not praying to the big guy upstairs. You're not praying to the eternal self-existent God. You say, our Father. Everybody say that with me. Our Father. Hmm? In other words, the things that really struck a moment with the disciples about the prayer life of Jesus is he talked to God like he was related to God. Jesus talked to him just like he was part of his family. Come on, amen. Hmm? It's amazing what it will do for you if you would just, in your prayer life, if you just recognize that you're not trying to deal with somebody that does not want to bless you. God wants to bless you. Most people come to a time in prayer and they're acting like God's withholding from them when they enter into prayer. The truth is, is you just know you've been messing up so much and you feel bad about coming to God for prayer because you've been doing everything your own ornery way for so long. How I many know when the, the Bible teaches us that when the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, He puts within us the spirit of adoption. 
And it says in Romans, that's why we cry out, Abba, Father. That word translated means daddy. Daddy God, daddy God. Isn't that cool? Daddy God. Somebody say daddy God. Mm. That's an intimate picture of our relationship with God. When we pray, we're not coming to somebody that's distant out yonder somewhere, somebody that's afar off, somebody that, that, that we can't reach or get close to. Mm. Somebody that's not personally involved in our life. God is personally involved in our life. How many of you believe that this morning? Amen. You know what the Bible says about your father? It says this, that he knows the numbers of the hairs that are on your head. Hmm. And that doesn't mean that he counted them. He can tell you how many he got. That means that he's numbered each one of them. So that when you were brushing your hair this morning before church and one of them fell out, God says, oh, yeah, that's number 7,413 right there that fell out of your head. He numbered it. Come on, somebody. Amen. He's that intimately acquainted with us. He even knows what we have need of before we even ever ask it or think it. Matter of fact, the Bible says that God knows the intent of your heart. That means that God understands the reason why you have a motive when you have a motive to go out and do something. And when you become intentional at something, even when you don't understand why, even when it's just intuitive, God's done figured it all out and understood everything that's happened inside of your lovely little head to make you do what you did. That's how well he knows you. So he knows you better than you know yourself. That's pretty intimate, isn't it? Come on, amen. And he didn't have to be married to you for 50 years to figure you out. He knew you before he formed you. Come on, huh? Hmm? He's intimately acquainted with us. Our Father. Everybody say, Our Father. The protocol prayer is that we don't address him as God. We address him as our Father. Thank you for joining us today for the Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner. We hope you will tune in again each day, Monday through Friday at 11.30 a.m. right here on WCNO 89.9 FM. To obtain your copy of this week's message, please send your check for $5 for shipping and handling to 3891 Edwards Road, Fort Pierce, Florida, 34981, and ask for your free copy of The Love of the Father pay by phone or simply make a love gift, you can call 772-461-8555. That number again is 772-461-8555. For more exciting information on our church, service times, and directions, you can check us out on the web at igniteyourworld.com. This has been The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner, and I'm your host, Bob Tarvis. See you next time on The Revealing Truth.
word of prayer upon your church now in the name of Jesus.
downpour, let it rain. Come like a fire and light us up. Do something new here. Captive free, we want to see you do great.